this has really uh, brought issues like, you know, the poverty level in this country really out into uh, out into the light. And we can see the stark contrast between uh, the wealthy in this country and the people who are really just living paycheck to paycheck. The biggest eye-opening experience for me during this whole thing so far, my restaurant actually last week just shut down permanently. It's made me more intentional about asking questions to get to know people that I already know um, and to get to know them better. And I feel like, um, I think that that's gonna, I think I'm gonna take that with me beyond this. I'm not convinced about all the possibilities for change that could come after this, since we are really seeing a lot of opportunities to do better as people in general. Um, I do think that, you know, the amount of banding together is, is pretty darn impressive. Hi everyone, welcome to Powering Up, our cross-generational conversation about leadership, power, and gender. I'm Ann Doyle, author of Powering Up, How America's Women Achievers Become Leaders. We're recording this on a Monday in mid-April 2020, which is right in the middle of this um, COVID-19 pandemic that has the United States and uh, the world. Uh, still in its grip. So um, many of us here in the United States and all of us in the Michigan area are still under stay-at-home orders. And so I thought it would be great to talk to uh, some of my uh, millennial nieces and nephews, and I have plenty of them. 16, as a matter of fact, and uh, so and they're all over the country, and uh, they're uh, wide range in ages, and so I thought it'd be really great to check in with them. I have um, John Doyle, I have my son Kevin Doyle Farrell, I have my niece Agnes Doyle, and I have my niece Madeline Doyle Root with me. And we're all here virtually. So um, I just wanted to check in and see what's going on with them. How are they handling this unprecedented uh, quarantine? Let's just start by you telling uh, our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're normally doing. John, let's start with you. I am... Um the son of Dan Doyle. So I'm, of course, a nephew. And I live currently in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I am still working through um, shelter in place and everything because we were deemed essential. I work for a uh, merchandising and retail firm called Acosta, which is actually based out of um, pretty sure Chicago. <laughs> um, and what we do is we are out in the stores all day, every day during the week, rotating product, trying to help push any of the really essential stuff that people are short on or that shores, uh, stores are regularly having empty shelves for. And just in general, trying to do anything we can, but also, you know, trying to be as intelligent as I can be with being in such high contact, extreme risk areas. 
So Kevin, you're next. I'm Ann's son, as she mentioned. Um, I was a uh, caterer, but obviously the uh, most of the restaurants in Michigan are either shut down or carry out only at the moment. So I'm currently not working. Um, but as a homebody, I, I think I'm handling the quarantine pretty well. Uh, I don't mind uh, hanging out at home that much. But at this point, even for me, it's getting a little tedious. So Agnes, who's uh, just a couple months uh, younger than Kevin. I'm Agnes Doyle. Um, I am the daughter of Tom Doyle, the middleest Doyle. <laughs> He's the middleest Doyle. I'm the littlest Doyle in my family. I am a hairstylist, so um, we are shut down. We, we shut down before we legally had to shut down because it just, we saw that things were kind of getting a little iffy and we wanted to protect our clients. And um, so we've been shut down since like a, for a little over a month now for about five weeks. And um, yeah, and I'm right now I'm living at home with my mom and my sister, Lucy, and my nephew, Asher, and our, a cat and a dog, and half of our family is quarantining at our cabin. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Madeline Doyle Root. Hi, um, so I'm Teresa's daughter. Teresa's the youngest sibling of the Doyle family. Um, I live right now in Chesterfield, Michigan, which is about 35 to 40 minutes outside of Detroit. Um, before the quarantine, I was managing a restaurant in Royal Oak, which is also maybe 20 minutes from Detroit or so. Um, and I have been shut down since March 15th and have been home. I'm going a little stir crazy. <laughs> You're not just hanging out at home. I'm not just hanging out at home, no. Um, I was presented with the opportunity to start selling some beauty products. So I've been doing that to kind of keep busy and make some money while I'm in quarantine. So John, let me get back to you because uh, you are a frontline worker. What's it like out there? I mean, how are you protecting yourself? Are you wearing a mask all the time? Are you wearing gloves? I mean, what are you doing? Um, well, my, uh, I, I have sort of a discretionary system in place, which is, um, if I'm at one of my bigger stores, because I go in things from, you know, the basic grocery stores to the big box stores, all that, if I'm somewhere that I'm uncomfortable, I won't go into the store. If, especially because we, um, I'm sure you guys are doing it too, there have been all the capacity regulations, like yeah. they'll only allow X number of people into the store. And so beyond that, I'm also... Uh, Dad sent me uh, one of the little surgical masks. Um, I've been using that. I've, of course, been, you know, washing my hands, using hand sanitizer a lot. Uh, but I am also wearing gloves since I'm touching stuff on the shelves all day long. Mm -hmm. and, um, and let's mention that your dad, my brother Dan, is a physician. Mm -hmm. Did he give you any other advice? His sort of thing is, you know, use your discretion, be smart. But also, you know, if, if I can continue to pay my bills, this is the only way I can do it right now. So I sort of have to stick with it. Well, and that, that's a big question for every one of you. Um, you know, as millennials, I mean, you are really just at the really the very beginnings of your careers, of your trying to have some savings, let alone 
pay your bills and just starting careers and things like that. So I'd like to hear from each of you about how you're feeling about that. Agnes, let's go to Chicago and hear about you. Okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like right before this whole thing happened, I kind of reached a big milestone in my life, which is I finished paying off all of my debt. Um, and I was very excited about that. I've kind of been saving up to buy a place and eventually move out of my parents' house. Um, I'm not working. I'm on unemployment right now. The funny thing is, is that like with the stimulus check that we got and like the CARES package, um, I make more money than I made doing hair. Um, so I'm actually going to just be setting that aside because I don't, I don't have any besides my phone bill and stuff like that. I don't really have a whole lot of expenses. Um, because you're living at home. Because I'm living at home. Yeah, so you don't um, have to worry about food, yeah. rent, electricity. Um, an eye-opening thing for me was um, when I filed for unemployment and then I, and then I, re, like, and then I certified, um, I answered one of the questions wrong. I didn't realize it. It was very, it, basically the question was, are you able to work? And I said, no. And the answer is yes, you are able to work. There's just no work available. And so a lot of people said no on that question. So um, I did not get paid for like four weeks. And then I had to call, I probably called their hotline 30 times a day for about four days until I got through to someone. And then it was like an easy fix and I got my money. But I thought to myself, like, like the website itself is very confusing and kind of designed for people to, I feel like, give up or not, not, not get their unemployment basically. And then it's just like, if you're not answer, if you don't know exactly how to answer everything, you know, that could put you in a really bad situation. So fortunately, I'm in a really good situation. Like I, I knew for myself, like, even if I don't get paid, I'm going to be okay. I, I'm, yeah. I live at home in a middle-class family. Like my parents can support me and, and I feel very fortunate, but it just made me think about like the people who need to rely on these systems more often than I do, even when there's not a pandemic. It, it is, um, it is really tricky and it, it did feel a little bit like it was sort of set up for people to not fail, but maybe give up, maybe fail. I don't know. Empathy is a good thing right now to, uh, be thinking about what's happening with others who are, were right on the edge, maybe before this thing started mm -hmm. and now are in big trouble. Mm -hmm. Kevin, how about you? Um, I guess financially I'm doing uh, okay. Uh, I had set aside some savings before all this happened. Um, so in that sense, uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, as Agnes said, I do feel for the people who, um, you know, don't, aren't that fortunate and don't have, you know, a backup system to rely on, you know, like staying at home. Um, and I think this has really uh, brought issues like, you know, the poverty level in this country really out into, uh, out into the light. And we can see the stark contrast between uh, the wealthy in this country and the people who are really just living paycheck to paycheck. 
And Madeline? The biggest eye-opening experience for me during this whole thing so far is probably, so the restaurant group that I work for has six restaurants all around like Royal Oak, Birmingham, West Bloomfield. Um, and my restaurant actually last week just shut down permanently. Um, really? So not, yeah. So and the, and I'm very up. familiar with your restaurants because they're all very popular, very well known, um, very well, highly yeah. regarded, high, you know, well run, great food. Yeah. Your, your uh, restaurant just closed permanently? Yeah. So Town Tavern and Royal Oak just shut down permanently. We're not a huge restaurant group, but we do have six restaurants. So we're not, we don't just have one and we're not like a little mom and pop store, you know, um, all of our health insurance was just shut down too. And so that was pretty eye opening. I mean, for these little tiny restaurants that are living paycheck to paycheck, I can only imagine how much they're hurting right now. So, so when you say you're, so when you say Madeline, that all of your health insurance was just shut down, I mean, so you're uh, the owner, the general manager alerted all the employees that, hey, you have no health insurance now? As of May 1st, yeah. And that's one of the issues that all of you are very aware of now is the, that the United States healthcare system has people's health insurance tied to their jobs. Uh, which is very, very different from um, many other countries in the world. Most other developed countries in the world uh, have a healthcare system where healthcare is a right. Uh, everyone is included. Everyone is covered. It's kind of like Medicare for all. And, um, and when you lose your job, you don't lose your health insurance, which is what's happening right now. Can you imagine losing your health insurance during a pandemic? Yeah, it's pretty scary. <laughs> This also brings me to um, one of the things that's going on in uh, the United States right now, and uh, one of the very first was right here in Michigan last week, are these protests. Are protests going on in your state, and what, what do you think about that? Kevin, how about you? Um, well, I don't want to really uh, say anything too harsh on a public podcast. But uh, I do think uh, we'll just call the people uh, foolish, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm worried that uh, those people are going to, uh, you know, maybe get infected and, you know, spread the disease back to their communities uh, that aren't in Lansing, Michigan. And um, I don't know. I, sometimes I just feel like uh, people like that confuse uh the state government caring for their well-being with tyranny. And uh, I think there's a pretty big difference there. Well, that was a very politically correct answer, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because I know you very well. And, um, you know, I mean, podcasts are intentionally meant to be uh, a little more informal or hopingly, hoping, hoping you feel um, very comfortable to, you know, say what you really think here. Um, Anybody else? I do have to say that one of the things that I am also worried about is how long it will take for our country to back, like bounce back from this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're gonna fall pretty hard and pretty fast. And so I wish they were smarter about social distancing, but I, I do appreciate them trying to speak their mind and show that they're concerned about the economic stability of our country and what this is going to, what's gonna happen. Yes, it's about wanting to get out of the house and things like that. But on a deeper level, 
these people clearly just want to be forefront with whatever their opinion is, regardless of what it is. Um, and I say that largely because of the heavy involvement of, you know, weapons. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's clearly a, a topic that for me is, is one that I can get pretty spun up about pretty quick. So <laughs> maybe I, I shouldn't go too deep into it. I, I just think there's no way to them protesting at the Capitol, um, freedom of speech wise or economic wise, because yes, it um, does provide great risk for um, resurgence. And Agnes, you have an opinion on that? I think that you don't need to like take a side. Like it doesn't need to be like either you agree that the pandemic is real or you are worried about the economy and that, and it feels like it's becoming an even more of a political issue than I think it should be, you know? Um, Yikes. The last thing we need right now, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have two more questions for you. And um, the the first is, I'd just like to know, um, you know, what you are learning through this. You know, to me, this was one great big pause button that was hit. And, um, you know, some people may think about it as God. You might think about it as the universe. You may think about it as Mother Earth, however you want to think about that. Um, for the entire world suddenly to have the same thing going on everywhere and for us to be aware of it, this is unprecedented in the history of the world. And I'm just wondering, um, what's the bigger thinking maybe that you are doing about this right now? And um, how do you think uh, you may be different or it's changing you? I think it's kind of put into perspective, you know, the smaller things, you know, smaller things that we sort of take for granted, you know, as we're all stuck inside. Um, you know, for me, it's just having, you know, opening my windows and it being a sunny day out or just, you know, taking a nice walk with my dog. Um, it's just small stuff like that, um, that really, you know, while we're not able to do many other things kind of brings joy to my life at the moment. Um, so going forward, you know, I'm going to try to appreciate, you know, little things like that more. Um, and as for the bigger impact, um, you know, for me, I think, you know, even for the next, you know, year or so, I probably won't be going into big gatherings like concerts or sporting events. Um, I'm probably just going to stay away from those for a little while. I was kind of hoping maybe people will appreciate working. I mean, maybe a little more. I think a lot of people maybe are taking their jobs for granted before this. Um, and maybe they'll appreciate actually being able to have a job and the job that they do have. Um, kind of like what Kevin said, I've, I've been learning to kind of, learning how to almost relax is almost as important as being busy all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and taking time to almost figure out who, who you are. Like my dad said one time, it's scarier to figure out who you are than to be busy all the time. I think my takeaway is while I'm, I'm not convinced about all the possibilities for change that could come after this, since we are really seeing a lot of opportunities to do better as Mm -hmm. people in general. um, I do think that, you know, the amount of banding together is is pretty darn impressive. And Agnes. It's made me more intentional about asking questions to get to know people that I already know. Um, 
and to get to know them better. And I feel like, um, I think that that's gonna, I think I'm going to take that with me beyond this, you know, and I think that that'll make me a better hairstylist and it'll make me a better friend. And, um, and so that's sort of a positive that I'm taking away from it. It's not going to be when is this all over, but it's a before and it's an Mm -hmm. after. Mm -hmm. And um, if you think about it, it's almost like suddenly losing someone Mm -hmm. that you didn't expect to die because suddenly life as we knew it is over. Thank you, John Doyle, Kevin Doyle Farrell, Agnes Doyle, and Madeline Doyle Root, and Monica Doyle, my normal co-host. We miss you. I hope all is well. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm Ann Doyle. Let's all go. Power up! Thanks for joining us at Powering Up, everyone. We hope you'll subscribe and share us with your network. And I would love to hear from you through the Powering Up Women Facebook page or at Andoyle LDR on Twitter. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. Claim yours and put it to work.